Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, a better place to live, work, and play. Hey, we have a very special show today, but let me uh, let me kind of set it up a little bit. If you're a regular listener of Coast View, you know this, that I am a proud graduate of the University of Southern Mississippi, and I'm honored, actually, to be a member of the Hall of Fame for Southern Miss. Um, you know, when I was a, a leader here on the coast for, for so many years, I was always a major proponent of a four-year university in coastal Mississippi. In fact, uh, you might find it interesting to learn that as a student of USM, I actually formed an organization called Students for a Four-Year University on, on the Coast. Um, and as a publisher of the Sun Herald, and even before I became publisher, I was always pushing for a bigger presence for uh, Southern Miss here in coastal Mississippi. And uh, I always believed very strongly there was a direct relationship between the quality of the education that's available in a community and ultimately the success of the community. When you think about coastal Mississippi being the economic engine that drives this state, I can't think of a more important conversation than to think about uh, education and workforce development and all the things that come with that. Certainly a huge issue here in coastal Mississippi. As I go back in my, you know, from, from the moment I entered Southern Miss to later finishing my MBA, uh, I always had a tremendous admiration for Dr. Aubrey Lucas, uh, the, the longtime tenured president of Southern Miss. He, um, he, was a, he was a man who was soft-spoken but incredibly inspiring as a leader. I, I can't tell you a time as I, as I advanced in my career working for the Sun-Herald, ultimately becoming publisher of the Sun-Herald, I can't tell you a time that I didn't have a conversation with Dr. Lucas where he didn't ask me if there's any way he could help me in my efforts to, in, the, in the community to improve this community, now, especially after Hurricane Katrina. I, I ran into him, bumped into him a bunch after Hurricane Katrina, and he was always, uh, even in retirement, I might add, he was always incredibly interested in doing anything he could to support our efforts here in coastal Mississippi. So, uh, and since Dr. Lucas, I've had tremendous relationships with every single president of Southern Miss up through this current moment. Um, along the way, I got to know some amazing people, not just as presidents of, of the, the university, but leadership at the university, getting a better understanding of what Southern Miss has been doing. I, I think a lot of his great work, uh, so much of his research work, his work in general, the work on the blue economy in coastal Mississippi and marine sciences, I mean, the list goes on and on, is a little bit off the radar screen to some extent. It's unfortunate, but it is, and we're going to talk more about that here in just a second. Um, along the way, though, one of the most dedicated representatives that I ever got to know was a man I only knew as Joe Paul. <laughs> I, and thousands of others of us only knew him as Joe Paul. And and the reason why is because he he certainly, certainly went to uh, Southern Miss in the 1970s, but he ultimately became a very, very significant leader involved in student organizations and student I mean, anything doing was having to do with students. Joe Paul was involved with it. And um, so he was there for over 40 years and retired. And it was been, you know, he was as enthusiastic the day he left that job than the day he came into that job. 
Um, I was really, really pleased recently to learn and to hear that when Rodney Bennett, the current, uh, who was the, the immediate past president of Southern Miss, decided to lead the post, that the college board had uh, had appointed Dr. Joe Paul, my friend Joe Paul, uh, as interim president of Southern Miss while they did an extensive search. And I've been looking forward to having a conversation with Joe Paul here on Southern, uh, about Southern Miss here on Coastview. And so without any further ado, let me, uh, let me welcome my friend and delighted to have my friend, Dr. Joe Paul, to Coastview this morning. How you doing, Joe Paul? I'm doing great. And Joe Paul is fine. My mother calls me that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard for people to call you Dr. Paul, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. That's fine with me. Absolutely. You know, they they got to know you. You know, it, I tell you why. Again, we've run into each other in so many different ways. My family went to Southern Miss. Um, only one son that did. My wife and I went. You know, my brother-in-law, sister-in-laws. I mean, my 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 sisters. We're all Southern Miss family. I had one son that went to Auburn. But, oh, but right. they. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great with Justin and Tori, so we're okay with that. Well, he, you know, it's interesting. He he right. he wanted to pursue a career in architecture. Yes, and uh, ultimately, when actually went on to get a double master's in business and um, finance, and he works for Price Waterhouse up in New York now. But, but it was you know a lot of the career, you know, his career decision that led him in that direction. And he was always going to be the outlier. He was he was the kid that was going to travel the world. He was going to come home and say, you know, give us a hug. But he was going to. He, he was never going to live in coastal Mississippi. He's, he loves New York City, and that's kind of where he's going to be. But but I've seen you in so many different roles, you know, as a community leader, as the president publisher of the Sun-Herald, as the president publisher of uh, the Press Registry Mobile, and when I was the pub president publisher of the Times Speaking in New Orleans. Our, our paths constantly were crossing because you were engaged in the, the not only the strategic focus of the university, but you were working to, to present the sort of the of the university and everything you did for for 40 years especially the later part of your career how does it feel to be in that office at this moment well it it feels great on 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 the one hand so i was contacted in june by a couple of trustees and the commissioner and said if if we so choose would you be willing to come and serve and you know ricky I really can't separate my, my life from the University of Southern Mississippi. So it was a very easy yes. Uh, it's humbling, but it's also been really exciting. And about 80% of the time, really fun, Ricky. <laughs> I, know, I know. Hey, look, look, here's the thing. And I learned this as a CEO the last 16 years of my career, that um, by the time a challenge or a problem gets to you, <laughs> It's yeah. been through a lot of layers, and there's never any easy problems or any easy challenges that get to you, and that's just the way it is, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Look, um, I, I shared something on the show the other day that said that you find someone, I don't remember the exact words, but you find someone who loves what they do, that uh, you will they, they will have also discovered the fountain of youth. I thought that was a great way to say it. But um, you're kind of a timeless guy. You kind of found your fountain of youth in that university, didn't you? You know, I, I haven't thought of it or framed it that way, Ricky, but I, I, I would certainly suppose that's true. Uh, my energy um, for the university and its advancement, my affinity for it and just um, call to it, uh, really do energize me every day. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing I had to readjust to was the pace of, uh, 
you know, more than full-time work, but so far the Energizer bunny is working somewhere and <laughs> really hard. And, and it's, it's, it's energized me. It hasn't tired me out. So I hope that's true. Yeah. You know, that's certainly from where I'm sitting. Of course, I'm very active because of this show. I'm very active on social media and, uh, and certainly I'm active too, just because I spent a career in media and I like to pay attention to what's going on. So if, if I'm involved in any of the, the blogs or, or social media sites that involve Southern Miss or just in, in terms of the fact that I've had the opportunity to do over 600 shows since I started Coast View and I talked to a lot of Southern Miss leadership and a lot of Southern Miss graduates. The, the overall feeling about you, Joe Paul, is extraordinary. I mean, and I, listen, I wouldn't say that if I didn't really feel that. And, and I think it has to do with your years of service for sure. But you're such a positive force for the university. Uh, you, you believe that, and, and, and we'll get there in a second, but you believe that there are so many secrets about this, about this university that other people need to know about uh, way beyond polymer science, et cetera. But you, you get that. And the, and the feeling about you is so darn positive. I've never seen that since Aubrey Lucas. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. We've, we've had a tremendous uptick in uh, social media engagement and responsiveness and, you know, my goal in walking into this thing, it's really not about me, but rather reminding us as Southern Miss grads, students, faculty and staff, uh, who we are, what our culture is. You know, when you go through a change, there can be lethargy, there can be fear, you know, people can kind of shut down. And so what I've been doing is, is getting out as hard and fast as I can all over the Southeast and all over the state of Mississippi to remind people of that good news of Southern Miss. And, and I start Ricky with this, something you well know is that we have a distinctive culture at Southern Miss, right? Uh, and I describe that culture as the word I use is grit. And the way I define grit is that's passion toward audacious goals with an unequal or unrivaled persistence toward them. So the reality in our history is that few things come easy to Southern Miss, right? I mean, the, the people in this community started trying to have a teacher's college here in 1877 and were not successful until 1910. And that kind of goes forward, but it's really who we're about, right? That we don't stop at the first no, that we take on challenges that others around us think might be too big for us and that we stay after it. You know, we fight and we claw and we work and we reach that mountain and then we look for another one. And so that message has really resounded. It's just reminding people of who we are, right? There, there's a, what, what comes with that is an extreme independence. Yes. There's, a, there's also an underdog mentality that comes with that. Um, you, you, your point about fighting and clawing, you, when, you, when, you're, when there's an underdog mentality, you're you're working a lot harder to be more competitive, and you, and that's what it, that's where this outbranch of, of innovation occurs that makes the university what it is today. But when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with the president of Southern Miss, Dr. Joe Paul, and uh, we're going to we have so many areas we want to cover. We'll see you after this break. live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm having a terrific conversation with my old friend. I've known him for so many years as he has represented Southern Miss with such distinction. Dr. Joe Paul, the current president of Southern Miss and uh, someone I admire greatly. You know, you talked about that underdog mentality and we were we were talking about having to fight and claw. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a quick story. I, when I was working for Knight Ritter, I was a, a, a senior executive. I wasn't a publisher of the newspaper yet, but I had the opportunity to join the strategic planning effort for Knight Ritter. And uh, we were doing what is called a re-engineering effort. We we're literally looking at how we could centralize uh, technology, and there were some very, very significant things we were involved in. And they put together a team out of 26,000 employees, 12 of us. I was one of the 12, and we met in Boston. And I was sitting at the table in Boston with these 12 people, senior executives of the company, the president of the company on one side of me, the CEO on the other. And in the room were, were Harvard graduates and Yale graduates and really, really smart people. And here is Ricky Matthews from Mississippi, a Southern Miss graduate. And I had to be honest with you, in my mind, I thought, why am I here? You know, how did I deserve this opportunity to sit here? And, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like that was worthy to be in that moment. Um, but as, the, as time went on, Joe Paul, what was interesting is that I came to know that I was incredibly well prepared, for a matter of fact. I could hang with the rest of them. And, in fact, went on to lead strategic planning efforts for the company later in my career and having, uh, you know, regional responsibilities for other newspapers working out of Alexi. But, um I was very, you know, I, I, beca- I not only was I proud to be a Southern Miss graduate, but I came to appreciate that the the education I had really prepared me well to hang in some some really significant circles. I bet you've heard that story many times, haven't you? I've heard that story and I've lived that story, Ricky Matthews. I absolutely have. You know, when I went into my doctoral program at the University of Alabama, uh, there were folks that were Ivy League educated and from all over the country, and 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 I was well prepared and I was confident. But, but, you know, that's the Southern Miss story, right? That we can take people sometimes from very ordinary backgrounds and with the Southern Miss education and, and buying into that culture, see them go on to do extraordinary things in the world. And you're certainly an example of that. And there are just countless others. Um, I like that idea of the fierce independence and the determination. And, you know, the, the, the worst thing we could try to be is like anyone else, you know, in this state or in this region. And our strength is in how we are distinctive and, and different. And there's a world of, of examples of that. You know, I like to tell our students, the only peer pressure at Southern Miss is to be your best self. And the yeah. school where people dress alike, think alike, doesn't matter who your mom and daddy are. Um, this is a place about helping you develop into your best self and challenge you to look up, right? Uh, at a horizon and see it at a a farther distance and know that you can get there with this education. Yeah, I mean, really the key to success in life is literally to be focused on being the best version of yourself. If you've got an environment, not only within the academic environment, but even within the the environment of Hattiesburg and the campus and the kind of people that you come in contact with and the opportunities that are there for you if you choose to take advantage of those opportunities, 
you have a chance to become the best version of yourselves. And if you go go back and look at the history of Southern Miss and graduates that have left there, they've gone on to do unbelievably important things in the United States and even beyond the United States. It's uh, it's incredible what the university has done. Hey, Paul, Joe, Paul, let me get something out of the way real quick. Uh, so you're the interim president. And I'm just curious, when, when the college board came to you and said, we want you to do this role, first of all, I think they were genius in having you do it. Did they tell you, don't be interested in the permanent role? How, how does that work? How did they t- have that conversation with you? Well, we did not have that direct conversation, uh, but, but sort of the operating norm really around the country in higher ed is this, if you accept an interim, uh, you're, you're not placing yourself as a candidate for the permanent position. That would really... Uh, uh, that would taint the search, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I've told them, what I've told our alums, what I'll tell you is uh, that we're making great progress and I'm willing to serve in this position uh, as long as they need me to and to sort of build the runway so that when the 11th permanent leader is appointed and on campus, uh, we hand them a university that's just revved and ready to go. Yeah, let me let me let me just add one other quick thing. Uh, again, I've had I've had um, multiple company responsibilities, and w- if I'm looking for a president of a company that I have responsibility for, I'm going to do an exhaustive search. I mean, that's what you do. You do an exhaustive search, but sometimes that search brings you back to you know the person that was best for that job was right here in front of us. And I here here and I, again, I'm not I'm not trying to pull out of you this, but I, I just want to say this real quick. 40 years out of the, at, at the university, you understand well the unique culture of Southern Miss, of Mississippi, the role that Southern Miss plays on the coast, especially. Um, certainly, certainly there's an athletic component to that, understanding the uniqueness of that. You're talking about fighting and claw, and we've learned how to fight and claw in our athletic programs. There's a, there's an academic side to that. There's a, there's a student side to that. There is a, you know, a representing the university side to that. And man, there's a major league fundraising side to that. You're talking about, you know, the capital campaign of $150 million. I, I can't imagine how difficult a new president's going to, you know, have a way of sort of uh, rowing those waters, having to develop all these new relationships when you've got a guy in that position already that has relationships with every single big donor in the state of Mississippi and beyond. Uh, it seems like you're the right guy for that job. I actually, should, you know, should start a major effort in saying drop, you know, hashtag drop the. The interim, but I'm not trying to draw you in. I just feel like you know you're you're the uh, you're the best guy for that job, and I know that you're going to play it play it smartly, and uh, you're going to be you're going to help this university be ready for the new president, whoever that person or whoever that person may be. If for some outside chance it happens to be you, it would be uh, it would just be smooth sailing from that point forward. So I appreciate your professionalism and the way that you handled that part of the conversation. Anything you want to add before we switch gears? No, just that. That you know, I think what we can do, and I've told my top team this, is that um, do this work in such a way that you set a high expectation for that next leader uh, to follow. And and not only is it ready, uh, and certainly you know me, you know whoever comes after me, I'm going to work with them as long as they'll have me to uh, help them understand our culture and who we are. If they need that, it, it might be someone that doesn't need that at all. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, and I would expect nothing less than you. And that's exactly the approach that you should be taking. And uh, 
I just hope the college board is paying very, very close attention to the way people are responding to you and the way uh, you know, leaders are and ma- major contributors and others. Okay, so we'll sw- switch gears for a second. You know, one of the one of the marketing campaigns for Coastal Mississippi is Secret Coast. You know, that, that generally people don't know that there is a beautiful coast here in Coastal Mississippi, which you know it's been a great, great, well kept secret for many years because of the casinos and the amount of money they're spending on marketing, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, you know, obviously people are becoming more aware of Coastal Mississippi. But if you think about Southern Miss, it's also sort of these secrets. I mean, people, you heard me mention a minute ago, people think uh, people who are close to the university or who have any awareness of the university, they certainly are aware that very, very significant innovation has been happening in the area of polymer science. They may not be fully appreciative of this whole emergence of the blue economy and the work that's happening down here on the coast and why that's going to be important. They may not understand what's happening in the area of arts and music and i mean i really i can just go i can just cover the spectrum when you look at the university that is hitting on so many cylinders at one time there's a lot to be proud of there's a lot for the world to know about isn't there it really is and that's where i'm spending 90 percent of my energy you know there's no reason uh for people especially i-20 south and really throughout the gulf south to know what a gem we have here. You know, one of the things I like to say is there's no reason for a student from the Mississippi Gulf Coast to drive through Hattiesburg to go to um, to, to a university anywhere else. And so I'm out there preaching that gospel. And, you know, I, I know you'll want to talk about this, but the, the things that we're putting together on the coast, uh, you know, it's sort of like, you know, it was two steps forward, one step back. And now we're right at that tipping point of critical mass uh, that not only is Southern Miss the gateway to the Gulf, but it's it's going to be the driver of the blue economy. And it's not going to be 20, 30 years from now, Ricky. It's it's today. It's tomorrow. It's big time uh, uh, economic development for the for the Gulf South um, right at our doorstep. It is. You know, it's interesting for so many years, marine science in general, just marine science had been such a big part uh, the work that they've done down here at their research lab has been in- incredibly important for as, as far back as I can remember. And, um, and it's interesting. So that, that sort of created an, an awareness of what could be possible. But I don't. I think it took people, uh, a sort of a, a planning a group, a, a, a smart people to, to develop a plan to say, okay, wait a minute. That's just one piece of it. What is really possible when we start talking about the economic drivers around the ocean? It could certainly be science for sure. It could be unmanned, you know, ocean drones. It could be, it could be, you know, thing sophisticated, you know, shipping, you know, uh, capability. I don't know. It could be anything that that involves the ocean. Um, and you guys have really grabbed hold of this notion that says the blue economy has a very all-encompassing possibility, and Southern Miss is going to be a player in that area. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about that part, and then we'll continue the conversation. See you after this with Dr. Joe Paul. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coastview. I'm delighted and honored to have my old friend and someone I admire greatly, Dr. Joe Paul, the current president of the University of Southern Mississippi. You know, one of the things that I remember, and, and you know, this goes all the way back to at least in conversations with Dr. Lucas and then with every president since, the Southern Miss didn't just accept the budgets it was given and say, okay, we're just going to protect the status quo and we're going to just, you know, we're going to find our place in Mississippi and we'll do the best we can with what we have to work with. You didn't, you know, that's not what an underdog mentality is. What an underdog mentality is that we're going to accept these budgets. We're going to hire the best people we have. We're going to develop plans that enable enables Southern Miss to become a leading university in certain dimensions. And one of the things I remember so well is how much focus you guys put on strategic planning, on, on envisioning where those pockets of incredible excellence could emerge for the university. And, you know, I can re- I can remember having conversations and thinking about, okay, we're going to build this building or we're going to build this. Bu- what has emerged there, incidentally, and just in the campus alone has been, it's been incredible. I mean, the amount of construction that has taken place and the amount of thinking that's gone into sort of orderly putting the, 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 all these bits and pieces of the strategic puzzle together, that's been something to watch. But the strategic focus is really important, isn't it? It is. And and also that business around um, not stopping at we can't do that. And let me give you a real current example that I've been able to, to get launched just in the last eight weeks. Uh, we're going to stand up a physician assistant program on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, and, you know, people say, well, you know, you're going to have to invest about $1.7 million over the first year to get accredited before you ever enter a class. We can't afford that. Why not? By the second year, uh, the program breaks even. By the third year, it starts to pay back. And so, so we're going. We're on go. Uh, we've applied for accreditation. It's before the college board. We're hiring people. And I've been able to raise $600,000 in, in private gifts to help that stand up. And if we've got to invest university money, I'll be seeking other partnerships uh, with, with the healthcare community and private gifts. And, and we're, we're not going to let that's a lot of money stop us from doing something that's needed. Hey, just one quick comment about that, by the way. I had Dr. Uh, uh, Paul Mullins. He's a cardiologist on the show in the, just in the past week. He's my cardiologist, for a matter of fact. And one of the conversations that we had was the emergence of physicians' assistance within the cardiology realm, this is certainly true for other specialties as well, has been incredibly important. And uh, the, the, his, his, his physician's assistant that I've gotten to know really well is uh, uh, Kelsey Park Seymour, and she's terrific. I've known her for, for most of her life. But, but what the role that physicians' assistants are playing today in medical care in general, and in a place like Mississippi, by the way, I should point out where we've got Areas where, especially in the rural areas, we've got some real challenges, and you, and you're seeing, you know, telemedicine becoming a big part of what's happening and whatever. There's some tremendous innovation happening in that realm, and obviously, you guys saw that. That's terrific news that you're going into that direction. Yeah, it's it's important, and you know, uh, nurse practitioners, which we all also already create, and PAs are the fastest growing professional segment of the healthcare industry in general. And, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but in terms of critical health care needs in Mississippi, we've got some really innovative partnerships we're launching uh, with Alcorn State. Uh, you know, that sort of southwest quadrant of the state is among the poorest uh, 
for us south of I-20. And, and so we're, we're going to be aggressive in that as well. It's what, it's what universities are here to do. Yeah, you know what? And I have a place up in the Delta. I spend some, a lot of time there. And uh, Greenwood Hospital is uh, in very serious trouble, could close at the end of the year. In fact, Gary Marchand, who used to be the uh, president of uh, Memorial Hospital, is there in an interim role. But, I mean, you, think, you see the, the areas of the Delta and how they're being challenged today. We can't have enough professionals in Mississippi being developed today, particularly, I mean, I, you, you can't make enough doctors to, to, to fill these voids, but PAs are a way to maybe do that. And, and again, we could go deep into this, but it's terrific to hear that Southern Miss is on the cutting edge of that. Yeah. We're excited about that new program. So the blue economy emerges from these strategic discussions, though. This is, yeah. says, you know, we're not just going to look at marine science. We're going to, we're going to bite out the whole apple. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you look at, at sort of what's emerged on the coast uh, from Stennis Space Center. You know, we've got marine science, hydrography, geospatial. You know, we move over to Gulf Park, our, our primary teaching location. And then everything that's happened in and around the port of Gulfport with the Roger Wicker Center, which I think is going to be the synergistic kind of catalyst, Ricky, that pushes all this together. And I'm very excited about the Gulf and, and Ship Island uh, operation, which is going to be really an incubator for emerging new industries. We've got more people wanting to come in there and work with our science than we have than we have resources to fill. We'll just keep rolling, and then you just roll on right into the fisheries area and everything that's going on at the Gulf Coast Research Laboratory. Now, what I say is new, and I got to share credit here uh, from Gordon Cannon, our who was our VP for research, now our provost, to Kelly Lucas, who's a coast native, who's an ocean scientist scientists is uh, um, uh, our VP for research and Dr. Shannon Campbell, who's our uh, lead person for coastal operations, has a business and a background in economic development, is what they're now doing is pulling it all together toward a common vision of this blue economy, right? Gulf blue, big ideas out of the blue, marketed, branded, but it's for real. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're going to be involved with a port in terms of smart port technology. We're developing academic programs and logistics, trade and transportation. You know what? I'll just tell you what I believe, Ricky. And you know, I'm a coast guy too, right? I grew up in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. I'm not as multi-generation as you and your in-laws, but there's something about growing up on the water, especially if you are multi-generation. It's a powerful draw. It's people don't want to leave it. I've had freshmen come to Southern Miss in Hattiesburg in the fall, have a great semester and come to me and say, Dr. Paul, I got to go back home because it's on the Gulf Coast. So our focus on the Gulf Coast in terms of, of, of the teaching component should be coastal programs for coastal jobs for coastal people. And that's where we're bringing the focus. Now, the reality of it is a lot of it will extend way beyond the coast. You know, if we can scale up that hydrographic science program, there's little limit. I mean, every person that goes through that has multiple job opportunities. But I think that's the theme that's going to resonate. And that's what I'm pushing as long as I'm in this seat. Hey, when I have Mayor Billy Hughes on mm -hmm. or, or any leader who is focused on how to strengthen the region, one of the most important things we talk about is that building the kind of communities where people want to live. And I think about, look, look downtown Gulfport, for example, Stuart Speed, Roy Anderson, Rick Carter, 
are developing this huge multi-million dollar mixed-use facility at the corner of 49 and 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 Highway 90. That's you know it, it's just going to fit perfectly with all these things you just mentioned as it relates to the blue economy because it's going to give people a chance to live, work, and play in a very similar area, and you see this emerging all across coastal Mississippi and downtown Biloxi. Major things happening in Pascagoula as we speak. Ocean Springs was already on the cutting edge of this. Bay St. Louis, as you well know, was already on the cutting edge of this. But what they've done to reemerge after Hurricane Katrina is a whole nother story in and of itself. But Southern Miss is part of who we are and. And, and and look, the coast is an economic engine for this state. Very few people want to debate that. So the reality is our university, I'm sure that there's a role for Ole Miss and Mississippi State and William Carey and every, all of us. You can't have enough education. Right. I can't. We could spend a whole nother show on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and what and the relationship you have with them and that over 50% of their students are now involved in jo- job development as opposed to traditional academic. But Southern Miss has a very unique play in this, in this regard, and it's particularly important as it relates to the blue economy that you guys put your flag down there and develop the, the coast objectives around that. It is, to me, it's a winning strategy. How can you fail in that endeavor? I, I I can tell you that that we will not. And and you know, everybody in this state, not just South Mississippi, everybody in this state will be better for it in ways that we haven't seen before. That's just how powerful it's gonna be. And you know, you talked about those community colleges and partnerships and, and that's gonna be critical. There are gonna be more jobs created through this blue economy than we have people. All right. Yes. And what? We're gonna grow in the six coastal counties and, and beyond in terms of people coming in. And, and you know, one of the things I've done over this eight weeks is had really meaningful uh, meetings with community college presidents, uh, uh, five different ones, but among those uh, most prominently, Mary Graham at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and Anna Brewerwood at Pearl River. And we're talking about everything from concurrent enrollment to, you know, this workforce development and how it's going to emerge around the blue economy and how we can partner in terms of sharing resources for them to train people vocationally and then being there on the backside to help those people earn more innovative uh, bachelor's degrees while they work full time. So. We, we had a we had a live remote actually recently at, at Gulfport High School, and the innovation that's happening there is truly remarkable. But when you think about how they're in touch with jobs and job development, job workforce development, and then you think about Ingalls and Stennis and Southern Miss and the Mississippi Gulf Coast community. Man, oh man! I mean, there's just you know you just have to have the vision to keep putting these partnerships together and when these diverse partnerships come together amazing things can happen and we can serve our we have many needs here in coastal mississippi these days around workforce hey listen when we come back we'll continue our conversation with dr joe paul from southern miss Also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend, Dr. Joe Paul, the president of Southern Miss, with us today, and we've covered the waterfront today. But one area that I really want to focus on for a second, uh, Dr. Paul, is I, I pay a lot of attention to student enrollment. And 
and I and I've really studied what happened during the pandemic, what's happened during since the pandemic. But in some ways, the pandemic created some opportunities for Southern Miss, didn't it? It, it did in terms of especially um, uh, becoming more comfortable with distance learning and creating some really innovative programs in construction management, library science. And I think the future is online programs for community college graduates, maybe even technical graduates who can come back online because they're going to be out there with really good jobs and, and sort of uh, uh, earning that master's degree to give them enhanced opportunities for upward mobility within uh, their chosen professions. So you put a lot of focus on encouraging young people to come to your university, don't you? We do. You know, student enrollment is probably my highest priority. That's something that we can, and, you know, what we do this fall will have everything to do with how we look next fall. There's a decline in high school graduates, but I don't believe that you add a, to a goal a reason why you don't reach it. Uh, you know, that's just a, a challenge, a part of the barrier. And so what I've been very active in, in fact, I will personally be in high schools uh, in, in the Pine Belt and on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I, I think sort of you, you protect your home turf first, right? So I'll be at St. Patrick's, I'll be at West Harrison already, but Gulfport, Biloxi, I'm looking for others. But I, I think the message is just to remind those prospective students of what that unique Southern Miss culture is. Because I believe, Ricky, that part of the way that has become is that was born by our forefathers uh, and, and for, you know, in terms of uh, the salt and brackish water and the piney woods and the things that generations past had to do to exhibit grit, you know, audacious goals with passion about them, persistence. And so therefore, I think that somebody that's a Gulf Coast high school senior uh, will, will embrace that message. We just kind of got away from that message and I'm bringing it back full, full bore. So yeah. we're going to be really active this fall in recruiting kids uh, out of out of high schools and community colleges to Southern Miss. That is awesome. Hey, listen, man, I cannot be more proud uh, than uh, having watched and, 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 and honored to see the baseball team represent Southern Miss so well. The the super regional, the, you know, and then, you know, the Ole Miss goes on and win the whole darn thing. You got to be proud of them for being able to do that. But, man, what a what a wonderful day for the athletics program. I think the current football coach is the right guy for the job. I love the fact that he's focusing on the future, building the, sort of the foundation for the future. We've had too many come through here, as you've said, so many times they're more interested in you know getting a quick win under their belt so they could uh, go on to do other things i don't get that impression with this current coach though no you're absolutely right and and the baseball spring was glorious uh but will hall is a perfect fit with southern miss and the state of mississippi uh he knows every coach in the state. He probably knows their mom and daddies. He knows that if a Sullivan is married to a Keys in Taylorsville, that their kids are going to be good athletes. And he's building the program the right way. So we're in, in year two. Uh, we're, we're going to be really good this year. We found some things at Miami. We're going to be really exciting to watch. But by year three, we're going to be great. And the Sunbelt Conference, Ricky, is is. And Jeremy McLean is a fantastic athletic director. He doesn't let our limitations stop our ambitions, right? And so the Sunbelt Conference move is so incredibly positive for us. And look what they did. They did last, you know, weekend or a couple weeks ago when this airs in terms of major, you know, App State goes and, and beats Texas A&M. 
and Marshall beats Notre Dame and Georgia Southern beat somebody they shouldn't have. Uh, so all this is setting up really well. And, you know, the reality of it is, and Will Hall gets this and Jeremy McLean gets this. We just got to win. You know, I told Will, we went speaking out together all all. Summer, I said, Will, if you can just win six games this year, take us to bowl game. I'll go down as the greatest interim president in Southern Miss history. Can you do that for me? <laughs> he didn't answer it, but I tell you what, it won't be for want of trying. He's building it the right way. Well, he, you know, he, he you can tell that it, even when he talks, you know, I used to say this. Now, there are a lot of CEOs that can go into a company and make it do well in the short term. Yeah. But they were making decisions that weren't good for the long term of that company. So they you know, they, they could look good short term, but they knew when they made those decisions, they weren't going to be here to live with the decision. And I used to say that I'm going to be here to live with my decisions. I'm, I'm making decisions that I intend to fully have to live with five years from now. So I'm going to make decisions based on that. It changes the way you make decisions when you're building a foundation for the future as opposed to trying to just get a quick win, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Uh, he gets that. I think our people get that. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to great things there. And, you know, whether one agrees that it should be or not, it's really important that yeah. we have a successful athletic program. And we'll, I we'll know it is, and certainly what we saw around the fervor in the baseball season this year is a great reminder of that. But listen, we're out of time. Dr. Joe Paul, uh, I'm going to lead an effort, uh, hashtag drop the interim. I think you're an incredible representative for the university. I'm proud of you for the role that you're playing today. And, uh, you know, don't leave a stone unturned, my friend. All right. We're going to go hard till we go home. Okay. To the top. To the top. Absolutely. Okay, listen, it's been a great day. Have a great day yourselves, and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.